best way to do life is to anchor oneself to the one who made us in his image, God Almighty. Hi, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. In this series, we'll take a look at men and women who walked with God. We will look at how God scripted their stories and draw courage from how he wants to script ours. We hope you enjoy. All right. Good morning, church. So my name is Ananias, and I have been asked to come share with you from your pastor about my story and a little bit about my walk with God. Now, I know most of you have probably never heard of me, and and I'm okay with that. Um, My name is a Greek name, but in Hebrew, it's Hananiah, which is um, God or Yahweh's, Yahweh has been gracious to me. And I love that about my name because that is my story. Yahweh has been gracious to me. And I pray that he's been gracious to you. So a little bit about myself. I I come from Damascus. I was raised there. And uh, Damascus is about 150 miles from Jerusalem. Actually, it's about 130. It would take you about 40 hours to walk, uh, maybe uh, six days in total. And so I'm about, uh, Damascus is about 50 uh, miles off of the coast. And uh, I, I'm proud of where I am, uh, come from and I love uh, where I come from. But that's not where I get to talk to you about today. I get to talk to you about uh, something that happened in my life. Uh, God called me to minister to a man by the name of Saul, which I'm guessing a lot of you have heard of him. His name would eventually be turned to Paul. So before I share my story, let me um, pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to be able to share my story uh, with these people. And God, um, I'm so humbled by the fact that um, I get to share this. And it is my prayer that, that we would all be encouraged not just because of me, but because of you, about how we could be used by you as ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. So it was a normal day. I was at work. Actually, it was towards the end of the day, so I was just gathering my stuff. And then out of nowhere, I hear Ananias It was a loud voice like I'd never heard before. And I kind of looked around and nobody was there. Like I said, it was the end of the day. And I heard my name again, Ananias. But it was so powerful. I said, yes, Lord, not even knowing if that was God. I had never heard from God before, audibly. But there was something different this time. And he said, Ananias. I need you to go to Judah's house on Straight Street. And there you're going to find a man. He's Saul from Tarsus. Well, right when he said that, I got goosebumps. All of a sudden, my body started to cringe. You see, I had already been fearful of this man. We had heard about Saul from Tarsus. He was, he was one that sought after people of the way, or you call them Christians. And not only would he imprison them, but he would have them put to death. 
And God would go on to say, you're going to find this man. And I'm going to use you to help heal him. And I said, but God, you don't know, you, you don't know how evil this man is. And now as I say that, I'm, I realize God knows everything. But in that moment, I thought, there's no way he would call me to go hang out with this man. Am I being set up? Is it really not God's voice? And he says, I, I, I just, I just, I, I, like, God, this can't be. And God says, Ananias, I have big plans for this guy. I need you to go like I asked. And I didn't hear anything from him. Have you ever been asked to do something that you didn't want to do? Have you ever wondered if what you've been asked is, is from you or if it's from God? Well, that's where I was at. I was thinking the whole time, what is going on here? Like, I, I, I was confused. I, I, I felt like it was God. I felt like we were conversing. But there's no way in the world that he, knowing who Saul was, was going to put me in a room with this guy. Like, what was going to happen? But after all those different emotions and after all those feelings, I said, yes, Lord. I put all the stuff down that I had gathered up to go home with. I just put it down. And as a matter of fact, just probably so I wouldn't change my mind, I just started running through the streets. Dust was all in the air. My heart was racing. My mind was still confused. It was angry. It was, it was scared. It was frightened. But I, I, I just kept running. And there's chickens I was dodging and the pigs and, and the tailor was closing his shop. And I'm hustling and hustling and going. And there I arrived. I arrived at, I arrived at the street that God had called me to. And I turned the corner and I knew right where Judah's house was. And sure enough, there were some men standing there. Men I'd never seen before. Big guys. And I thought, something's different. Something's going on. So I, I made my way up to him. Again, I still had no idea what I was doing. I thought, you know what? This could be the end of me. I'm being set up. You know, some of my fellow believers were already hiding because they knew Saul was coming. These men said, what are you doing? I said, I'm not sure. I said, God told me to come to this house. And um, I heard that Saul's here. And they looked at me and their eyes got wide open. And they're like, yes, he is. And instead of being these big soldiers that were going to take me down, I could see there was fear in their eyes. They said, if you're here to help our brother, please go. Something awful's happened to him. I was like, wow. This is more than coincidence. So I got up to the stairs and I took that first step. And I took that second step. And I took that third step. And the whole time, God, help me, please. Protect me. But all that anxiousness was all of a sudden, 
peace was taking that over. As I neared the top of those stairs, I opened up the door. The room was dark. The only light was the sun coming through one of the small windows. I cautiously stepped in. And there he was. He was about 15 feet away from me. Cross legs sitting in a corner. He had his hands folded. His head was down. He heard the noise and he, he, he looked up. And in a faint whisper, with all the energy he could probably muster up. Who's here? I said, um, my, name is, my name is Ananias. He kind of jerked. And I could see his hands were shaking. His face was all hollow, pale, white. I remember the men that he was with told me he hadn't eaten or drank a thing in three days. I walked up to him and I got down on my knee. (laughs) I didn't know what to say. But I said, Ananias is my name. And I'm a follower of Christ Jesus. And you're Saul, aren't you? And he shook his head. I'm afraid of you, Saul. I've been taught to be afraid of you. And he mumbled. I said, I don't understand what's going on here. But can you tell me Can you tell me what you've experienced? Again, Saul looked up and his eyes are all closed. And in a whisper, he started to tell his story. He said, you know about me. Obviously. He says, I got permission from the authorities in Jerusalem to make my way down here to Damascus with some other guys. We were going to find Christians like you. We were going to have you imprisoned. And then he said, maybe even killed. I was just shaking my head like, he goes, but we were, we were just miles away from here, being here in Damascus. We were on our sixth day of travel. And out of nowhere, this big light came from heaven. It hit me in the chest and I just fell to the ground. I was on my back. I thought this was the end. I had no idea what happened. And I heard the words, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? I looked to the heavens and realized I couldn't see. I kept wiping my eyes and over and over again. I couldn't see. And I said, who is this Lord? And he says, it's Jesus who you're persecuting. 
I wept. He was right. He said, I need you to get up and go into this city. And there's going to be a man named Ananias. And he's going to help you. I got goosebumps. Saul, God spoke to me too. And he told me that, that I needed to come find you. And, and, and you're telling me your experience. Like this is of God. It doesn't make sense to me. But obviously this is of God. So I said, yeah. He said, Ananias, he said you were going to help me. Is this Jesus really real? I looked at him and I said, of course he is, Saul. Saul, you helped put him to death. Your people put him to death. You know that you put him in a tomb, but the tomb cannot hold him down. And three days later, he resurrected from the dead. And, and, and Peter preached, and, and I heard that message, and, 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 and I gave my life to Jesus. And we, we've, we've come together as believers, and, and we have hope now, and we have excitement, and we know Jesus is coming back for us. Saul, but you were killing, you were killing my family members. You were killing my friends. And Saul just shook his head. He said, I know, I know. He says, what you speak of is true. I've been sitting here for three days praying to my God. May he have grace on my soul. When he said those words, I reached out and I touched his face. And immediately, scales fell from his eyes. He opened his eyes and there was a small smile on his face. He reached out and he touched my face. He says, I could see. I could see. I want to tell you, you remember how scared I was? Do you remember how fearful I was and how confused I was? In that moment, as I looked at Saul, and I saw his eyes, and I saw the smile, and I saw the hope. I thought maybe never in his lifetime had he ever experienced any of that. And yet, even though I did not understand what was going on, I was seeing a life change right before my very eyes. He got himself to his feet, and I just started to cry. He started to weep. And we embraced. We embraced. I'm holding and hugging and loving on a man that was messy. Really messy. And I realized as those arms wrapped around me that he too was hugging a man that was messy. He looked at me and said, Ananias, would you do me a favor? 
I believe in Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. (laughs) He looked and said, will you baptize me? (sighs) Can I be honest? Even though that moment was so powerful and so real, fear came over my heart again. Like what God was doing in that room was amazing. But my community was going to see me walk down the stairs with this guy that they all feared. And then they were going to watch me baptize him. What would they say? But then I realized it didn't matter. And I had the honor of baptizing Saul in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I raised them to new life. The old is gone and the new has come. Church, I wish you were there to see this. But my experience was right when he came out of that water, there was like this glow about him. Again, the smile got bigger. The peace that was a part of who he really was was coming to the surface. And you know the rest. I don't have time to share it, but I heard you have this thing called the Bible. And the second half is the New Testament. And I know that Paul wrote a majority of that New Testament. Oh, did I say Paul? You know his name changed from Saul to Paul. And he would be known as the greatest evangelist, second only to Jesus Christ himself. It was absolutely amazing to have a front row seat to see what God was doing in this messy man's life. A few nights after baptizing Saul, I was just reflecting on everything that happened. I don't know if you've had those moments But I I laid in bed and I was thinking, what if, just what if I didn't say yes to God? That I let my fear override me. That I let my anger override me. Would there have ever been a Paul? Well, you and I both know the answer to that. We don't know, but we know this. If I would have said no, God was still God and he was still going to have his plan work out. It would have just been somebody else. I laid in bed saying, Lord, my name translates out. Yahweh has been gracious. My story is a story of grace. How about you? Thank you for allowing me to share a little bit of my experience on the call of God in my life and what saying yes looked like. Amen. Amen. So that's the life of um, Ananias. And um, I would say... of what I just shared is in the Bible. 
And then I also need to let you know about 10% is just a little freedom on my part. I believe biblical, but again, don't go look for the part where it says they went and hugged. (laughs) Okay? So that story could be found in Acts chapter 9. I think it's only about 19 verses. But my encouragement is that you would actually open up your Bibles today or this week and read it for yourself. But I want to close this time of, of preaching or sharing with you with some things that um, I pulled out of this. And um, maybe you've pulled something different and that would be awesome. And you could share that with me through a text or an email or a, a letter this week. But the first thing that I, I learned is that I, Ananias knew what Saul had done to the church in Jerusalem. But in looking at that, 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 that thing I learned is we don't know it all. Did you catch that? We don't know it all. So what do you mean by that? God called Ananias to do something, but Ananias was wrestling with everything that he knew. Are you with me? But he, what he didn't know, what, what God was doing over here in Saul's life. Yes? And so I think that's a struggle that I have today. How about you? Where we maybe feel like God is calling us to do something, and we're sitting there going, God, you're crazy. God, but you don't know. Have you ever done that? And that's where I love this story, because Ananias eventually said, yes. Amen? I, I have many experiences as a Christian where I feel like God has called me to do something. Well, let me re- rephrase that. Where I feel like maybe I've heard from God and then I say, no, it was just the food I ate last night that was really bad, right? Because sometimes the things that God tells us to do are so big and they just don't make sense. Um, David, in, in one of the Psalms, he writes, God's thoughts are not our thoughts, right? So it's really hard sometimes to understand um, God and, and, and are we hearing from him or are we just hearing from ourselves? But what again, what I loved is we, the lesson we can learn is we don't know it all. We don't know everything that's happening because it would sound really crazy for Ananias to go talk to this guy named Saul that's killing off his people. Amen? Um, the second thing is share your faith. Share your faith. So we don't know, according to the text, exactly what happened when they first met. Ananias and, uh, I almost said Sapphira, (laughs) Uh, Ananias and um, Saul. But we know that there was a life change. And I honestly, that's why I threw it in there. I honestly believe there was a moment where Ananias was able to share his faith and just reestablish the death, the burial, and the resurrection, the good news of Jesus Christ. And I think one of the things that we could pull from this is that we too are called to share our faith, amen? And we probably don't talk about it enough here, and and I'll own that, but we are all called as Christ followers. If you're not a Christ follower yet, praise God you're here. Maybe someone uh, did that very thing. They shared their faith and it got you here. But we're called as Christ followers to share our faith, right? Beautiful are the feet of those, I think it's Romans that says, those who bring good news, right? Beautiful are the feet of those. Now, aren't you grateful for that person or those people that shared the good news with you? 
And so Jesus said this in the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make what? Disciples or Christians, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he says, and continue to teach them all these things till the very end of the age. Amen? And so that is, that is a call for us to share the good news. And here's the reality. Um, we don't know when Jesus is coming back, do we? Like if you raise your hand and told me, we have a talk afterwards, okay? Um, you know, uh, some of you know, I had the privilege of going and working with a church in Hawaii last week. And um, uh, it's... Um, maybe I'll share a little bit uh, later in the message, a little bit of what's going on there. But it, it's, it's really, um, it's a God story because it's a church that kind of, in my opinion, went sideways a little bit. Elders were turning on elders, staff were turning on staff, elders were turning on staff, social media got all kinds of publicity on this stuff, people in the, ch- I mean, it was just, it was getting really messy, And I will say, last Sunday at this time, I was preaching out there, and there's a whole new spirit in there. And I say, praise God uh, uh, for that. But one of the things that happens is is when we become a a, a country club, like we talk about sometimes at the church here, when we become all about ourselves, we get messy like that, right? And so one of the things that we always got to remember is the marching orders of the church is to share the good news. And when we share the good news, lives are changed. And when lives are changed, we don't get caught in looking at all the small things that don't matter. Can I hear an amen to that? And I want to just tell you something exciting. We had a, we had a Ananias Saul experience last service. I'm not saying the guy that's Ananias is, you know, and Saul, this guy had this evil, awful killing Christians, but it was awesome because this Young man is on fire for God, and I saw him give his life to the Lord about five years ago or such, and he's just bringing people to the Lord left and right, and he had Saul in the baptistry today give his life, a young man that's now on fire for Jesus Christ. One that just told me after the service, he goes, man, I'm messy, but I'm experiencing the grace of God, and I'm looking forward to seeing what God is going to do in my life. That is what church is all about, Amen. And that's what we're all about. We hope to be all about. And that's where the sharing the faith comes in. And if Ananias didn't say yes, and he just packed his bags and went home that day, who knows if Saul would have literally ever given his life to Jesus Christ. And that's fair to say that. God could have used a different person to write, you know, half of the the New Testament. But that moment, Ananias did what God wanted him to do, and he shared his faith, and look what happened. The third thing I've learned from this, this, this story is God used Paul to touch the world, but first used Ananias to touch Paul. Did you catch that? God used Paul. I mean, you can't argue it. He is the greatest evangelist, second only to Jesus Christ. I mean, Paul, you read his letters, Corinthians and Galatians and Philippians and all the things and all the churches that he started, like this guy was the man. He was the guy that says, I could do all things through Christ who gives me strength. He's the one that said to live as Christ, to die as what? To die as gain. This is that guy. And he was, a, he was a game changer for the church. But what happened is God first used Ananias. And Ananias said yes. 
And the thing that I love, the, the, if I could break this down, what I learned, never give up on the Saul's in your life. Did you catch that? Never give up on the Saul's. What do you mean, pastor? Never give up on that person that moved in next door to you that you're like, this is a crazy neighbor. Straight from hell. <laughs> this is my new coworker? Are you kidding me, God? Why do you have me with this guy? He is the devil. God, you put me in this family? They're weird. They're not normal. We all have the Saul's in our life, right? That we look at them or, or, or we just look at people in society. Uh, uh, there's, I could give you a list. That's bad. But I could give you a list of all these people need to know Jesus, these people. Eh. Don't we all have that? Please? You're like, everyone deserves Jesus, but this person? Everybody deserves Jesus. I mean, I was intentional in that, in the, in the monologue to, 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 when they hugged, is to realize that this messy man, Saul, had his arms around a messy man, Ananias. Because the truth is we're all messy, amen? And so I love this about this. Never give up on your Saul. I, um, you guys sometimes probably get sick of this, and he's, I'm sure, watching and, and Uncle Casey, please know that I'm not saying that you're a Saul, but you were close. Um, he, he wasn't killing Christians. Uh, Uncle Casey's always been a good guy. But like all of us, he had his stuff, and just like I have my stuff. And for 60-plus um, years, you know, he did his thing. And then when I took over as lead pastor, he made a promise that I'm going to start coming to the church. And he would sit over there every Sunday. And if you sat in his seat... So he'd come a half hour early, uh, literally, if you knew Uncle Casey. And so what I want to say is, um, I think it's been two years now, this January, where I got to baptize Uncle Casey. And Uncle Casey is um, just very important in my life just as a man. But now that we have the Lord in common, it's so awesome. And I, uh, I, I got to visit. So I was working in Honolulu. Uh, but he lives in Maui, so I flew out a couple days early and went to Maui and hung out with him and his wife. And he lives in a community. And I kid you not, he's only been in this community. This July will be a year. And we're in the golf cart, you know, that's what they do out there in Hawaii, just ride around golf carts. Um, and uh, literally, every 15 feet, it seemed like, hey, Casey, hi, Casey. And half the time, we'd stop, and they'd yak, 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 yak. But most of the time, hey, this is my Matthew that I've told you about, and he's the preacher. And remember, I told you you need to start watching church online. He's like the evangelist out there. And uh, it was really special because he and his wife flew from Maui to Honolulu last Sunday to see me preach out there. So he's just a, he's a big encouragement in my life. But I, I say all that to go, you know what? There could have been a time, and there were times like, oh, all these people will say yes to Jesus. Uncle Casey won't say yes. I still love him. But, you know, he's set in his ways. But I want to tell you, never give up on your soul. That, that aunt that you've always been praying for, the grandma, 
the neighbor, the coworker, the best friend that you keep praying for, I want to say keep praying for. Because as God is doing what he's doing in our life, we don't know what God is doing in that person's life. And if we stay open, then he's going to have us there at the right place at the right time. Amen? So there's so much more I could share on this, but uh, I, will, I will close on that. Never give up. I will say back to the church in Hawaii, I didn't quite know what I was saying yes to along the way. I've been mentoring this guy. He became the pastor about three or four months ago. It's his first lead pastor. I think he's around my age, probably a little bit older. I mean, and then walking into really a, a difficult situation. I want to tell you, preaching there last Sunday, it was like a brand new church. Uh, the life in there, the excitement. They had banners and they had a first time guest welcome center that they've, they've not had before. Kids running all over the place, young people, old people. Um, I, they had a tent for VBS. They hadn't had VBS, I think in like five years or something. And so the point is you can't ever just give up on people. You can't give up on churches. When God is in the equation, there's always hope. And I pray for your own life too that you would find that hope in your own life and also that you would be that person that continues to share their faith, that you continue not to give up and that you get a front row seat of seeing the amazing things that God is doing in changing people's lives like Ananias' testimony today. Amen? Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for Ananias and his story. Thank you for the grace that was poured out all over his life. Thank you for the grace that's poured out all over our lives. And God, may we gain encouragement from that. May we gain strength from it. May we gain insight. And Lord, as a result of this message from your word, may people's lives be changed because we're positioning ourselves to share and to say yes. Thank you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day. Your tender mercies and your love that you've always shown me You forget all Billion.